Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to the Modernizer Die CFML News Edition. Today is January 21st, 2020. Sorry for the little pause there. Uh, we had a little technical difficulty as we're trying a few new things today. So uh, we have one new thing. It's uh, Eric Peterson. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Gavin. Yeah, no problem. We got a, a lot of requests, mainly from you, to have you back after the, <laughs> <laughs> the special one we did um, when we we're down in San Diego on site with a client. So uh, glad to have you here. And, it gave uh, me the podcasting bug. Yeah, it's pretty fun. We have a lot of fun doing it and learn a lot of stuff too. So, um, yeah, so glad to have you. Well, apparently, uh, according to Twitter, people that talk too much crap in the front of their podcasts are bad. So let's not do that. Let's get on with the news. <laughs> so uh, CF Summit East 2020, um, they announced their, their dates and some more information about it. So... Um, Last week, they announced that Wednesday, April 22nd will be the one-day conference for CF Summit East in D.C., and it's going to be a complimentary. And they will also do a post-conference workshop for the Cold Fusion Specialist Certification. So those of you who didn't get a chance to take it in CF Summit, uh, this may be a chance for you now. So we'll talk about it a little more in the conferences section, but uh, we want to mention that was announced. So pretty exciting to, to hear that. And then we have an update on CF Camp. So you were at CF Camp last year. Uh, and I yes. think they mentioned they were going to try and move it to like May or June to try and make it easier for those traveling. Uh, but we finally got some official, uh, Twitter is official now, apparently. Uh, we got some, <laughs> some clarification on those dates. And so it looks like May and June is not going to happen. Right. It looks like we're back into October. Uh, we have uh, Wales qualifying for the, uh, the UEFA is that how you say that yeah UEFA European Championship so Wales soccer team made the European Championship and so now you can't go in June so yeah, basically and if you're wondering why that affects CF camp the matches are going to be held in Munich which is where CF camp was and the hotel rates doubled <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> we're saving you money Yep. So uh, we'll let you know as soon as we know anything more about that. But it sounds like probably September, October is the usual time as uh, the way it's going to be. So that's sad. I was hoping to make more of a summer vacation, go in June for that. But um, that's the way it is. So cool. And uh, speaking about CF Summit, it uh, sounds like um, we, Audis is going to be doing some workshops too. So we announced that, uh, that we have workshops there. So two days prior to the conference, uh, Luis will be leading a two-day conference there. So I think it's the cold box zero to hero. Uh, he's going to put more of a security spin on it though. So building secure CFML applications. Uh, so that sounds like a good workshop. So pretty good to have that coming up pretty soon too in April. It's already almost end of January. I can't believe it. This year is flying. Yeah. So, uh, another, announcement too is that itb's 2020 call for speakers is closed so all of you who waited to the last minute you missed it <laughs> and all of you who did submit thank you so much we uh we've started going through the submissions there's so much content and it's hard to 
to pare it down. Yeah, we so. had what four hours on Friday. We're going through. <laughs> we had 138 submissions from the community, so that's that's pretty awesome. Um, I mean, we, there's only like a dozen from Nolan, so I'm surprised that we. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure he did a dozen specifically as a joke to me because I kept teasing them about it. Yeah, so he could have yeah. done more. <laughs> so yeah but we had a uh, cfml content docker content devops cloud javascript testing um we had the html css we had accessibility and i couldn't believe how many soft skills talks there were there were a lot of great soft skills talks in there so you know you usually like to throw in a, a little mix there and put some soft skills in with some harder stuff but you know because soft skills are important too but yeah. So there's going to be some of everything here at Into the Box. Yep, for sure. So uh, we haven't uh, made any speaker announcements yet. We'll be making those very soon. And just so you know, uh, I'm getting all jazzed up for the podcast edition of the Modernize or Die podcast. So we'll be interviewing Luis. Uh, we'll be talking more about the background of Into the Box, why we started it, how long it's been around, and what's to expect if you're going there. We'll be talking to the people who are leading the workshops, which we're going to be announcing uh, pretty soon here as well, once we've uh, finalized them. And then we'll also be speaking to the speakers. So if you've got any questions you'd like us to ask the speakers about their session or even about themselves, let me know. And then when we do those interviews, I can make sure to put them on the spot and uh, get some juicy details for you guys. So hit me up on Twitter, gpicking, and let me know what you want me to ask those speakers. So I'm excited about that. I'm going to be busy podcasting a lot here soon. So more great content for you. And hopefully that means when you get there, you'll know exactly what sessions you want to go to. Yeah, I think it's uh, fun to note, Gavin, that we had the 138 submissions from the community. And just to clarify, that's none of us at Ortis. <laughs> yeah. um, we had all, we had our sessions as well. So we had a lot of content. It's going to be the best version of this conference yet. So we're excited. Yeah. I know. I mean, usually we're, we speak for roughly about half the content usually. Right. So right. roughly about half the sessions are from Audis and the other half are from the community, but there was so much great content. Like they may even get a bigger percentage this year. So mm -hmm. we'll have to see. So look out in your email box if you guys submitted. So, and then, uh, have you checked out any of the CF summit videos, Eric? Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, from a, a vanity perspective, I keep waiting to see when mine goes up to see what picture <laughs> they chose. Uh, it, spoiler, it hasn't gone up yet, so I'm still waiting. <laughs> yeah, but the CF Summit uh, 2019 in Las Vegas, those videos are being released, and they've been um, coming out. Uh, a few more came out in the last week, so there's, I think, 19. Last time I checked, 19 videos up on the playlist, and we have a link to the slides and the playlist there in the show notes. So I'll just share that with everybody just in case. So. Really grateful to Adobe for, you know, recording all of those, making them available for those who couldn't make to the conference. Yeah. So thank and, you, Adobe. And Vicky did a good job. She was running around from room to room to room, switching camera memory cards and everything. So she did hard work, uh, but it looks good. She said she's back from vacation and back on editing. So we should be able to get this rolling here. And then last week, in case you missed it, there was a webinar by Rex Sheaf. So he talked about Cold Fusion 2020 and uh, uh, went through and watched the video. And if you missed it, we have a link to the, the recording so you can go back and watch it. Uh, it was pretty interesting. They showed um, their version of CF Config, which is CF Setup. They showed their version of Forgebox for um, 
you know, modularity in Cold Fusion, which was pretty neat. So now when you install Cold Fusion, you only get the pieces you want. And then basically you'll uh, use the CFPM to download and install those pieces. So if you're not using PDF stuff, you don't have to install it. If you're not using, um, you know, some of the other features, you don't have to install it. And then it just installs the pieces you need. So it's pretty so cool. That CFPM is obviously a nod to NPM being the Cold Fusion Package Manager. Yep. And uh, it looks like it's mainly intended for the engine extensions, like you said, the PDF engine, things like that. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great to have a smaller footprint out of the box. Yeah, they were talking how the previous installer was 850 megs, and then they got the new one down to under 250, and they're still, you know, making progress. So um, they're getting it smaller and smaller, and they're hoping to be down to about 20 to 30 megs or something, which, which is kind of funny That'd when you think about it, because they're talking about how if you package your Cold Fusion app and everything and upload it, you know, it might be, you know, some of these Docker images are pretty big, but if you think about it, it's pretty hard to get a node package out there with the node modules included <laughs> for any size <laughs> under what three four hundred mix gigs <laughs> terabytes. <laughs> Just because you install half the internet, don't worry. Yeah, uh, I was actually backing up my hard drive. I switched my hard drives out this weekend, and I forgot to delete my node modules folders from everything. I probably yeah. would have saved myself a day's worth of <laughs> labor. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I know there's some tools out there, some command line tools that will go through and just delete any node modules folder they find. And most of the time when I see people run it, they get back, you know, like 30 gigs of file space. <laughs> I'm tempted. So, I might have to do that. That might be something you need. <laughs> yeah, it would have been useful before I did it. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so you can guys can watch that recording. It's really neat. One cool thing he did say is that, you know, he went through all the names of the previous versions of Cold Fusion and there was, you know, Ether and um, Zeus and they had a few different ones from, you know, CF10, CF11, CF2016, etc. They haven't got an official name for uh, CF2020 yet. So he asked us to, you know, give him his give him his input and so i said uh, cold fusion 2020 hindsight because <laughs> now they're finally <laughs> fixing all the things they've <laughs> done wrong and uh making it bigger or smaller and better in this case so anyway if you guys got a name that you want to do send it out tag rec sheaf and uh and at cold fusion and uh, let them know so that's for the official name or for like the code name? The code name, because they're okay. Uh, that was the other thing they mentioned too. I should have put this in the the notes, but the pre-release program will be live at the end of this month, roughly. So it's getting close to the end of the month, so the pre-release should be ready. If you haven't signed up for it, you still can. You just fill out the Survey Monkey survey, and you can do that. Um, we'll try and grab that and put that in the show notes as well. So. Cool. So next on our list, um, some live CF coding. So did you get to watch me and Michael make a fool of ourselves last week? I have not yet. It is uh, saved in YouTube and I watch later, but I haven't watched it yet. So Michael Bourne and I were working uh, on a basically a little live coding series and we're going to try and build a little Forgebox package to help you guys um, participate in our monthly code challenge. So uh, we're basically building it um, live, and to be honest, we haven't done much preparation for it, so we're making a lot of decisions live on the air. So it might be, uh, you know, a little entertaining, um, but it may also be a little crazy. So we're basically we did that last Wednesday at uh, 7 p.m. Central, 
no eastern sorry 4 p.m pacific and then um we put it up on michael's youtube channel so we have the link here in the show notes and you can see uh last week's recording we're planning on doing another one tomorrow and so we'll just keep building on top of that and uh go from there so um as usual we both learn a little something uh you learn a you know we learned a little bit last week about test box as well and how to add messages to your errors so your tests make way more sense when they fail which is a good thing um and so tomorrow we're gonna keep going with that and build it up a little more so it was actually really fun i'm, I'm thinking about doing some more i need to get back into some content box stuff so i'm tempted to maybe do a little content box live streaming as i build some features or whatnot because obviously yeah. most of our client work we can't <laughs> live stream they may not appreciate their internals being shown but um yeah sure. some of this uh, open source work that we do we can probably do that so i was thinking it might be nice yeah. to you know build some little modules i got a few good ones in mind for content box and uh, i definitely got a big laundry list of things i want to work on so i love this latest trend of live coding um mostly because i like to see how people solve problems when they hit them because yep. that's what happens to all of us. And it's easy to think sometimes that there's a bunch of other smarter developers than us. <laughs> but when you get to watch somebody on, on a stream, you see, oh, they ran into this problem and here's their methodology for solving it. So I love it. Yep. Keep them coming. Cool. Well, we'll see. It might make some useful, but uh, I was talking to one of our Patreon supporters, Gary Knight, today, on, uh, and I told him that it also helps for public accountability when you say you're going to do something and you're going to work on something live online uh, you kind of have you're held accountable to it so it it's good when you're you know set some deadlines and everything so yeah cool well let's start talking about conferences so as we mentioned earlier adobe cf summit east 2020 was announced so it looks like uh going to be april 22nd for the conference and they said time 8 a.m to 4 p.m but time subject to change which is interesting but that's going to be at the renaissance washington dc downtown hotel so the cool thing is cost is complimentary so, so if you're in the area no reason not to go yep it's just a one-day conference too so if you are close i mean you can you know travel down uh spend the day there um it's gonna be one day um they're announcing speakers later this week they said alicia emailed me said that they're um, finalizing all that and that information should be up on the website but um the the idea is you know basically just a way to exchange ideas inspiration experience among fellow developers and so it looks like they're they got a, a good day plan uh, i know that a lot of times you have uh, some of the big community members speaking there so I'm sure we'll get a few of those. Uh, and then, of course, we mentioned earlier, there's workshops as well. So after, we have the Confucian Specialist Program. So that's the post-conference. That'll be the Thursday, April 23rd. And that's uh, that one does have a cost. So if you get the early bird discount, it's $4.99 uh, for the one day. And then it's $6.99 after the February 29th. So it's a full full day certification classroom program. You do actually have homework to do beforehand. So you have to do some preparation. Um, and so you'll work through it. Um, you have to do these on-site, um, you know, on-site tests itself as well. It's a little multiple choice um, questionnaire. Um, I actually helped with the certification at CF Summit in Vegas. So it was a good day, a good day's training. Um, so that's available and if you guys want you can actually walk away with your certification right there 
So um, there's more information on it online on uh, the Kerasoft uh, website, and you can register as well. And then, as I mentioned, Luis is going to do the pre-conference too. So what do you think is the best thing out of uh, this the pre-conference workshops that we do? I mean, these two-day workshops, I mean, I think people really get started. And when they walk away, they can really do something with the training, right? Right. And a lot of people come and ask us, you know, it's funny. The cold box has uh, a bunch of conventions, and we try to stay out of your way and let you build how you'd like. And then we'll have people come right back to us and say, but how should I do it? And so this is a great place to see how, and we keep this constantly updated, how Ordis currently builds an application. How we, and this is a more traditional you know, server rendered app, sending down views. Um, so you can come see how Ordis does this right now. So. Yep. And then um, the, the cool thing is that uh, Luis going to be showing off CB Security, which he released um, version 2 in October, right before um, CF Summit Vegas. And so there's some updates in there. But, um, yeah, you use Coldbox, you use a bunch, of our, a bunch of the modules out there, some of the ones we've actually mentioned in our uh, Forgebox module of the week. And so you guys can see all that there. So it's, uh, it's pretty good. Um, it's going to be April 20th and 21st. And that's basically nine o'clock till five thirty, and the price for that is eight ninety nine. And I'm going to try and get us a podcast discount here, so you guys can get a discount uh, for listening to the podcast. So we'll give you a promo code. I do not have one finalized yet, so hit me up uh, on Slack, and I can try and get you one there to maybe get you ten percent off. Shh, don't tell Luis. So, <laughs> but that'll be right before the conference. So. <coughs> So then after that, so that's in April, and after that, not too long after that, a couple of weeks, we got into the box 2020 in May, 6th to 8th yeah. in Houston. And we have a, an exciting announcement for that. Yes, we do. So if you've been to prior Into the Box conferences, you'll know that before the conference, we have a day of workshops. You know, we've had four to six workshops each of those years. Well, this year, we're going to expand that to two days. So you'll be able to choose from <clears throat> excuse me, from either a two-day workshop, one that spans both days, uh, change workshops each day. We'll have a, a few one-day workshops. Or if you still just want to come for one day, you can choose a one-day workshop. We're going to have a lot of choices for you there. Yeah, I'm excited because... That was always a problem on the one day, one day before into the box. Everyone wanted to take our two day trainings that we do at CF Summit and we're doing it at CF Summit East. And it's like, we try and jam it into one day, but everybody's heads just hurt and they can't get it all done. And we don't, we don't feel like they get enough out of it. So yeah, so we're probably going to have the zero to hero and maybe the hero to superhero two day uh, trainings. And then, yeah, we're yes. going to throw in some of the other ones. So we're not sure which ones yet. So if you have an opinion, let us know, tweet at us. Uh, and let us know what um, ones you want. We're thinking about doing maybe Elasticsearch. We'll do like a BDD testing one. Uh, REST APIs are always popular. Um, Some Docker and containerization. Yep, maybe a quick one. I'd do it if people want to come to it. Yep, quick and intro to QB. That would be a pretty good one, I think. Uh, you could have Sam and Andrew help you with that one since they're, they're our resident experts in the community, it seems. Um, but yeah, so there's a, a lot of a lot of good options there. We even had um, a couple of uh, community members uh, offer to run some workshops, so we might have a couple there. I won't tell you till we confirm them, but uh, we're working on finalizing the sessions and that. 
So hopefully next week we'll have the workshops available. We'll have some pricing in that too. So yeah, I, I really like the idea of having two day workshops. I was jumping up and down for joy when Luis finally got it <laughs> finalized. So, so yeah. So if you want to come for two days of workshops or just one, you can you have that option now. So, so if you're booking travel, make sure you throw an extra day in front of it to get the most out of these trainings. So, um, call for speakers is closed as we mentioned. Uh, we're working on finalizing that, but the early bird, the super early bird special, is still available until we announce the sessions. So we'll be announcing the sessions the next week or two. But if you book now, you can save an extra two hundred dollars off your ticket. So uh, we've had a few tickets, uh, you know, creeping in every day. So we're, we're already selling them already. So those super early birds, they'll come no matter what, no matter who's speaking or talking about whatever. Um, so we appreciate those guys. So thank you very much or gals too, I guess, guys and gals. So we're looking forward to that. It's a, it's a fun time. I like that conference, not just cause it's owls, but, uh, I like all the great content in it. I've been going through the 2019 videos too, watching all the ones I missed. So pretty good. And we have a question. So David asked if you bought the early bird, he's asking, does that include the two day trainings also? Uh, so basically since we changed the process, we'll reach out, talk to you and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out with you. So, uh, don't worry if you're buying the early bird and it says one. Um, so we'll reach out to you, David. There's like I said, there's several people who bought tickets already, uh, that have the all access passes. Um, so we're going to reach out and talk to you about it and figure out what works best for you. So we'll take care of you. Don't worry. Those people who are, you know, buying before we even announced everything, you know, you're our super fans. We got to make sure we keep you happy. So we will. Don't worry about that. Okay. So there's a few other conferences. Have you been to any other conferences outside the CFML world, Eric? Um, you know, back in the day, previous job, I went to a couple of JavaScript ones. Uh, when jQuery was big, went to a jQuery one, but oh, really? I haven't in a long time. Okay. Well, we have a few listed here for those you want to get out to. So DevNexus in Atlanta in February, ViewConf is in uh, March in Austin, and then DockerCon is going to be in June in Austin. So those are three of the ones we recommend, but there's a lot of other great ones out there, obviously. Uh, and if you go to comps.tech, you can find out a whole bunch, search for your field or when your location, see what's coming close to you. Looks like Austin's a hot spot for conferences this year. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's get into the blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. So this one's hot off the press today. Matt, uh, Matthew Clemente, sizing your Redis cache for sessions, a quick lesson learned. So uh, I don't know if you had a chance to read it because I literally just came on before we uh, went online. But I have not. Basically, he said that... Uh, embarrassingly enough the the solution was really obvious once you found it but most solutions are obvious once you found them out but uh <laughs> he was getting weird errors from redis and didn't know why but basically make sure that your redis cache is big enough for what you're storing in it because otherwise you get some strange errors and i think he was just getting huh. like connection reset errors oh, it was basically because he was trying to put something too big into the session you know cache so yeah basically duh uh, don't try and put stuff too you know too big in something that's too small and is but, it this is with the lucy redis extension uh, right he actually used it um you know 
whether you're using it for the Lucy Redis extension or the uh, WCL Fusion external cache or uh, the Autis Redis extension, you know. So I think he's worked with all all of them, and mm. obviously it's just an issue where, yeah, Redis doesn't know how to handle it and just blows up rather prettily. So, <laughs> but yeah. So if you guys are using Redis, definitely recommend you read that one. Uh, but you know, that's the summary of that one there. So. Uh, we also had the blog post about the building secure MVC Cold Fusion applications at the pre-conference at the CF Summit East. So we already talked about that, so we'll skip over. But there's a blog post if you want to find out more information and how to register. We also had a blog post about Into the Box Latin America. So we had a little summary there. So you didn't make it. You're like me. You left behind this time. But uh, well, sound probably like a... every time because uh, my Spanish is. <laughs> Back in high school. <laughs> uh, I never even did that much. My Spanish is that uh, I just basically absorbed Esmeralda's Spanish over the years when I worked with her in a small office. <laughs> so pretty terrible. But um, yeah, so if you, it sounds like it was a huge success. It was really popular. Um, they had a lot of, uh, you know, real positive feedback from everyone there. So there's a blog post out there on the Audis website if you want to read more about that. So Cool. The next one, oh, the next one, I might be a little biased, but I think it was a pretty good blog post. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, Gavin this week published 30 plus Forgebox packages of the week from the 2019 Modernizer Die podcast. So these lovely Forgebox modules we share with you every week are collected in one place. Yep. So we have uh, 30 of them there. Uh, actually, I think it's 33 because I think we did Hyper twice. <laughs> because <laughs> it's so it's good we did good. it twice it's that good <laughs> <laughs> just so everybody knows hyper is one of eric's modules so he obviously thinks it's that good but uh yeah so it's a it's a good list there it's up on the autos uh website also put it up on the adobe uh, coldfusion.adobe.com portal as well uh, i know a lot of people are like being able to read stuff there so i'm trying to post more stuff there as well so but uh go check that out it gives a nice place to list all the modules and like i said most of those are the ones we use all the time so pretty cool uh we did mention earlier that cf camp is not going to take place in may and june so we have the tweet there if you want to go and uh, harass them some more about getting a date somewhere else and if you want to make jokes about whales playing soccer and making it uh you can do that too uh, and then we also had a tweet from james james actually had a pretty busy week <laughs> tweeting yeah yeah i saw both of these um and i love this first one where he shared that he created his first github cold fusion project and posted it to forgebox so um james is mentioned he's not using Coldbox, but forgebox is the cfml code community you know and it was great to see that and a couple people chimed in and yeah, Matt, Matt Clemente true. and Tony Junkies, both, uh, you know, big supporters of the Forgebox uh, ecosystem now, and they jumped in to support him and say good job. And yeah, it's pretty neat. I mean, yeah, he mentioned that Reaforge is gone, and, and it's true. Brad did download all the code from Reaforge and has it stored away, but most of the useful stuff is already on, uh, you know, Forgebox, and if not, he can find it. But yeah, I mean... Everyone gets scared when they see a box and think they have to use cold box, but like everybody tries to remind them, most of the things in cold box can be used without cold box. You know, most of the packages, most of the tools, you know, like a lot of people use command box and they don't have to use anything. I mean, people use command box for non cold fusion stuff because it's just right. a great way to, to run wires, you know? 
Um, but anyway, so good to see James there. And um, yeah. Welcome to Forgebox. Exactly. It's funny though, his first GitHub Cold Fusion project. I wonder what he usually uses, I guess, outside of GitHub world. I, you know, GitLab and Bitbucket are very popular, especially before GitHub had free private packages. Yeah, for sure. So. But, um, yeah, another tweet he had too was kind of interesting that <laughs> we've been talking about code wars, right? We have this coding challenge and we've been trying to harass code wars to give us Cold Fusion support. Yeah. And to, so, to, rem to remind you, Code Wars is a site that lets you do some practices on code challenge, like code katas, and they support a few languages, um, Cold Fusion not being one of them. So in our little coding challenge for this month, we're, we'll talk about shortly, we're trying to encourage you guys to sort of do a little tweet storm and harass them a little bit about adding CFML. But James happened to see a blog post that, um, that they, were, they tweeted about, and they, they said, the first website... Uh, oh, sorry. That, yeah. They basically shared a blog post about the best personal software engineering blogs on Qualified.io. Guess who was number one on the list? One of our very own Confusion developers, Ben Adele. So he was top of the list. The very first one on the list was a Cold Fusion developer running a Cold Fusion website too, by the way. And so James tweeted, the first website that you recommend is from a Cold Fusion developer. Any chance of including CFML on Code Wars so CFML developers can challenge one another? So I thought that was pretty neat. So everybody should go and uh, like and retweet this tweet right now. I'm going to share it. Everybody listening, go do it. Uh, if you can't find it, go to go at Code Wars and find the response to that blog post from James. It's a it's a good one, and hopefully they can add it to it. So yeah, uh, it was pretty interesting though because they were trying to spotlight uh, personal blogs, you know, per personal you know software engineering blogs, and yeah, Ben Adele, number one. See Ben, it's not just us that loves you. <laughs> Speaking of Ben, he had a few blog posts this week. <laughs> The Ben Corner. Yep, I almost decided to make a Ben section, but no, we'll we'll keep it keep it clean and just one blog <laughs> section. We got enough sections already, so sorry, Ben. But uh, I was thinking the image would be pretty cool too. Ben doing his thumbs up. <laughs> anyway, um, so first, well, it's not the first, but the listing here that Ben had was using a file upload or the request body to overcome slow processing of a large post in Lucy. And so this follows up from a previous blog post he did, which is next on our list, it was basically that Lucy CFML appears to incur a request cloning cost when spawning CF thread tags. And so what it basically does is it actually duplicates the request and then processes it on from there. And that the good thing about that is you have all the information you need in the, in the thread to be able to use it. The bad thing is if you have a really big form post, that content is basically duplicated. And so in the blog post, he shared how, you know, if you have, you know, maybe like a blog post and it's a huge old post, you know, 20, 30, 100,000 characters or whatever, when you th spawn a thread, you have to basically duplicate that. Uh, and so it was pretty expensive. And so Joe Gooch suggested to him that he should send the content through as a file upload instead. And so um, by doing that, you don't have to worry about the, the cloning cost. So pretty interesting blog post, about two pieces of it. So the, the way it works in, in Fusion Reactor, you can see how it was working, but then also, you know, how the file upload got around it. So there's two blog posts there, pretty neat. I like this stuff, and I'm just curious now, like, when has that bit me and I haven't realized? 
Right, right. So, pretty. I also love that in there. What, what does he say? He installed fusion reactor, and that's how he figured it out. And you know, fusion reactor is not like sponsoring the podcast or anything. I know, but we should probably talk to them. So good. <laughs> Whenever something's slow. In fact, I saw this on the CFML Slack to take us on the tangent. Somebody talking about like, oh, I'm using RM and my SQL's slow, and um, I think it was John Wish said, well, unless you're actually looking at the performance with a tool like Fusion Reactor, you have no idea what's slow. <laughs> so it's true too. I mean, it really is. Um, yeah, I was debugging some issues last week, and yeah, I mean, the queries were a certain speed. But there was just a huge delay in the in the front of it, and I'm like, "What the heck is going on?" And yeah, I, I traced it down to something else because Fusion Reactor basically just proved all of my assumptions completely wrong. And yeah, yeah. and you know, ninety nine dollars gets you a developer license for a year. That that money will save so much time. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, think about it. That's less than ten bucks a month, and it, you know, at any hourly rate, if that sa- saves you an hour a month pays for itself yeah and if you've got a good um, relationship with your boss then someone else will pay for it for you <laughs> so, <laughs> you have a boss yeah <laughs> if not then you can write it off <laughs> there you go <laughs> so we also had a blog post from charlie uh talking about how to solve failing api urls in 2016 and cf11 um, and so this was a interesting one so with the API manager tools versus the API settings and uh, ref settings, um, there was a bit of a conflict, I guess, not in 2018, but in CF11, CF 2016, if you have the API manager running, it instantly takes over the route slash API. And so if you had a cold box module and you had a module named API and you're running it on CF 2016, those routes wouldn't work. And that's because the, um, basically that the API manager takes that over from the servlet level, I believe. And so this blog post talks about your options, either renaming your API module to something else or configuring the, the service not to run if you're not using the API manager or to try and rename that. And so Charlie, as usual, has a nice thorough uh, explanation of how that works and how to get around the, the issue there. We also have another blog post from Gregory Alexander. So he's been working on that Galaxy blog. So he gives a winter update and a roadmap of what he's been working on and where he's going. Um, and so the description here for what is Galaxy Blogs is Galaxy Blog is the most modern and functional open source cold fusion blog in the world. Uh, it's a Ooh. free open source cold fusion blog platform has HTML5 interface and is beautifully, beautifully designed a responsive site that works flawlessly on desktop or mobile. So that makes me want to go make Content Box bitter because yeah, I was gonna say, I, shots fired, Gavin. Oh, I know, but <laughs> yeah. So obviously, I work with Content Box. I use it all the time. It's a uh, Audis product, but uh, you know, we want to support the community, and you know, it's nice to have another blog there. You know, we've always had sort of Mirror versus Content Box versus Build Your Own, and so now there's another one out there. And obviously, there's you know pluses and minuses for everything but he's really focusing on some of the google seo stats and everything so i really enjoyed seeing what he's doing there and everything and you know uh, so it's it's neat and so it's good to see that and like i said fires a shot and makes me want to do a little more so <laughs> maybe i should do some live coding on content box and uh show people what it can do and make it better too because we can definitely make it better there's a there's a lot of things i want to improve on it but uh but yeah so if you guys are looking for a blog 
go check it out. It's, I think it's based on Blog CFC, and they've just he's improved it, and made it better, and you know, done a lot of work on the UI end of it. You know, it's so great that in in open source, especially that there doesn't have to be like a winner. You know, yep. it's. Uh, I think back when I first started contributing to open source, I actually was working on the Atom Cold Fusion uh, syntax because um, I was trying to use the Atom editor. It had some syntax issues, and I was learning and didn't really know what I was doing. But one day, I had a line dropped from John Burquist, who is the uh, developer behind the Sublime Text Cold Fusion plugin. And he said, hey, I noticed you've been working on this. I don't know if this will help, but here's a bunch of work I've done on Sublime Text that you might be able to pull over. And, um, and it did work, and it made the plugin faster and better, and it was... Uh, it was just neat to see that it wasn't this like, yeah. I want people to come use Sublime Text in my plugin. It was just this, let's learn from each other and everybody gets better and they yeah. can use the tool that they like better. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's it's nice. I mean, you know, like Framework 1, obviously we want you to use Coldbox, but there's still a bunch of people using Framework 1 and, you know, we... We're still trying to help. Uh, you know, there was even a session about Coldbox and Framework One at uh, Into the Box. One of the su um, submissions that we're we're looking at there too. You know, uh, we got to make it better. And like you say, if we work together, everyone can win, right? You know, it's a, it's, you know, it's not a what total they call it a one's to total sum game or something. You know? Yes, I, I forget the term, but yeah, I mean, basically, <laughs> we can we can keep building and we can make everything better. You know, we don't have to. You know, if I win, doesn't mean that you're losing or lose something out of it. But anyway, so very cool. So yeah, I'm definitely going to check out more of his stuff. I, I keep an eye on Gregory. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, he listens too. So <laughs> zero sum game. That's what Scott told me. Zero sum game. Oh, just a, a note too about Charlie's blog post. He mentioned that it does not matter if you have the API manager running or not too. That's a big difference with the API piece. So that's interesting. So yeah, the API bug, or not the bug, but the clash, whether it's running or not, it can still uh, take over that route. So cool. Speaking of Fusion Reactor, looks like we have a blog post from them, or actually a guest post on their blog from uh, Thorben Jansen. So this one I need to read for sure, because I don't understand stack traces in Java, and this is telling me this is how you're going to understand them. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, if you're using Fusion Reactor, you'll see stack traces a lot, and they're really useful. But my problem is, is that I don't know much about them. I usually say, Brad, Brad, come help me, because <laughs> Brad usually is the one diving into those. So, but yeah, it's um, it's a textual representation of your log file and console output and and everything, and it breaks down components, and so you'll see which tags, uh, which files are calling which files, and where it was called from. But then it goes deeper from Cold Fusion into the Java side and and so this blog post sounds like it's going to help us understand it. Like I said, I need to, I need to read that one fully and, and really pay some attention to that. So definitely need to do that. So I'm glad to see that out there. The, uh, the next one we have up is a tweet from Vicky Ryder. Um, this makes me happy being a Twitter guy. <laughs> the, <laughs> in years past at the C at Cold Fusion Summit in Vegas, uh, there's been a hashtag Hashtag CF Summit. Um, sometimes with the year, sometimes not. There's been some unofficial ones. Uh, but 
Uh, Vicky said that she believes the official hashtag for the Adobe Cool Fusion Summit will be ACF Summit from now on. No years, no locations, and nobody will think we're a cloud foundry. Yeah, well, it's not just other... it's not just cloud foundry. There's a whole bunch of them, but yeah, apparently oh, yeah. there's like a bazillion <laughs> CF summits. <laughs> So. But yeah, Cloud Foundry is a big one, and yeah, they, they usually do steal our Twitter feeds, so pretty good. So that's hashtag ACF Summit will yep. be for the upcoming and future Cold Fusion summits. Yep. So in the east and the west, and India too, probably. So cool. Yeah. Um, one also- hashtag to rule them all. Exactly. So Alicia also tweeted this week. So she actually sent out a poll about happy hours or breakfast for the roadshow. So I've been uh, lucky enough to go to a couple of the Adobe roadshows um, and we've had breakfasts in the past, but they're wondering if it's easier or better for people to make a, like a happy hour after work, a five to seven, or is it easier to make a, a breakfast nine to 11? So some people's schedules might be more flexible. Some people's bosses may let them go. Others might not. So they may have to go after work. So she just sent out a poll to see what people are thinking. So, um, did you answer the poll, Gavin? Yes, I did. I like breakfasts because I don't want to drive to LA or anything and like between five and seven at night. So I'd rather go in the morning when everyone's at work already and I can get home before the, tr- the you know, traffic kicks me butt. So go uh, answer that poll. But uh, I understand if it was like local five to seven happy hour, or whatever would be pretty much better. Cause then you take time afterwards and talk more or whatnot. But nine to 11 is a little tougher for, for some people sometimes. So, but yeah, what about you? What would you do? What would you prefer? Uh, I don't think there's a road show anywhere near Utah, but um, I go for breakfast. I'm not much of a happy hour guy, so it's loud. Hard to hear people. Breakfast seems a little more calm to me, easier to talk. <laughs> yeah, and the ones that we went to, there's you know, a small group, you know, 10, 20. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was one that was like 50 or 60 people. Um, but yeah, they're usually pretty small and, you know, intimate and, you know, it's kind of nice. You ask a lot of questions and, you know, meet a few of the Adobe people. Alicia's usually there with a, a couple other Adobe rips. So, um, definitely, definitely fun. It's good. And yeah, you get some good breakfast and, you know, it's always good to pick their brains. I always harass them about all the questions or that Audis wants answered. So I'm not sure if Alicia's happy to see me or not sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, so cool cool well so next we're on to the coding challenge of the month uh and again uh this is where we're basically this month harassing code wars so we can get cfml added to the list of languages on their site um so we want to basically have you do a couple of things um basically um if you email info at code wars ask them to add cfml or cold fusion to their list of languages on their site cc gavin at autosolutions.com so i know you did it and then we need you to tweet that you love code wars but ask when are they going to add cfml or cold fusion to the list and then uh make sure you put the hashtag modernize or die in there so we can see it and then if you see anybody else doing this please retweet it and please go and hit james's tweet where he's harassing them and do the same thing so if you do those three things you'll be in the drawer to enter uh you're sorry you'll be entered into the drawer uh for a 25 dollars gift card on amazon so you guys can uh, buy some little goodies to make your office better but you know code wars is pretty cool if you guys are you know using javascript or whatever i definitely recommend go check it out it's a pretty neat little thing where they basically give you a little problem they ask you to solve it by 
you know, filling in the contents of a function. You run some tests to make sure your function does what it's supposed to do. And when you're happy, you submit it. And if it passes all the tests, so it meets all the criteria, then uh, it basically gets added to the list of solutions. And it's kind of interesting. You can see, oh, 50% of the people solved it the same way you did, or 25% people did this. And you can see the most uh, you know, unique answers, the most clever answers, because you can go through and see everyone's solutions. And you can tag them. You can say, this is a clear this solution. That's stupid. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's you know, ingenious. Um, you know, and so you can sort of see, and I like that because I just solved the problem. And now I can see how everybody else solved it. And like you said before, it's interesting to get into other people's minds. Like, how did they solve it? Because sometimes the stuff people come up with is pretty, like, crazy to me. <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty damn smart. Yeah. Like, you know, it like, it just... is interesting that you do get some people on there, if I remember, playing uh, code golf, Yep. which is the idea of how can I solve this in the fewest number of characters? <laughs> exactly. And, some uh, people say lines, some people say characters. I don't know. That, that becomes kind of uh, hard, but there's also really readable solutions so yeah and that's the thing is you know i always i always like the javascript stuff because it gets me more in the functional programming mindset people use a lot more of the map reduce and everything you know ternary operators etc so even though they don't offer cold fusion yet the script syntax for cold fusion is pretty dang close to uh you know javascript and so yeah. i learned a lot of things doing that and we enjoy it so uh, there are other ones out there but i like code wars they'll have a leaderboard and everything so the goal is that we can get accepted and then we could start doing them there so our coding challenge of the month might just be one of theirs and then we can see who can you know who's done it and everything and pick a winner that way and maybe we pick the craziest solution or the f smartest solution or, or whatnot so so for this month please email info at codewars.com and cc me and then tweet and retweet and hopefully they listen and we'll get cfml added to code wars and then the live coding that me and michael are doing are working on building a forgebox module that allow us to do our very own code wars like thing but inside of command box so uh, we're working on that, and tomorrow at 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 7 Eastern, we'll be doing another episode trying to get that ready for you for February. So um, thanks to everyone who has already done those uh, emails and tweets. You're added to the list, and we'll use Rafflebox to pick a winner at the end of the month. Cool. So next on our list, find a job. <laughs> so... Hopefully most of you guys have got jobs and it's nice and safe and secure and you're happy. But for those of you that are looking, getcfmljobs.com is a cold fusion site that uh, basically scrapes other job sites and pulls down a lot of uh, cold fusion jobs and lists. Right now they have 28 cold fusion positions from 21 companies across 17 locations in five countries. So the, the most, the two recent ones this week, we have a full-time cold fusion architect at Rockville, um, Maryland. In the United States, and then we have a full-time software engineer, Confusion at Pune, uh, Maharashtra, India. And sorry if I mispronounced that one. So a couple of jobs available, and then there were jobs listed from previous weeks as well. So if you go to getcfmjobs.com, you can check that out. So since we got the main module man, Eric Peterson, I think we should let him pick the Forgebox module of the week this week. Ooh, okay. Let's see. I'm going to go with, and you're going to laugh at the pronunciation, but I always call it string in my head. <laughs> but <laughs> then Gavin's laughing because it is spelled STR. Like when you go to the command box, you do box install STR. 
Don't ask. I pick weird names sometimes. Anyways, this is a collection of some string helper functions uh, that I uh, that are pretty common. I use in a lot of projects, and also some that were just really nice to package up. Um, for instance, it has a pluralize or a plural function, so you can pass it in. You know, um, I'm looking at the docs here. Entity. I use this in quick, so that's where entity comes from. And it comes back entities, spelled correctly. If you pass in tree, it comes back, but uh, trees. It can also take a optional count. So you can use it in line and say, please pluralize this unless the count is one, and then it returns the same one. So um, other things, it has a starts with, ends with. It can convert strings to different cases, so you can take a string and make it a slug or a camel case or um, capitalize all the words in the sentence or just the first. It does a lot of those, uh, maybe that you have a regex that you have in your snippets, but in the, in the library form. So I like the studly one <laughs> <laughs> or the camel. But, but, yeah, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, check it out. It's um, like I said, if you use quick, you have string installed. That's what lets us, pluralize the tables by default. So if you say I have a user entity, it looks for a user's table. Um, if you said you had a goose entity, it would look for a geese table. So that's kind of fun. So how do you um, do that? <laughs> how do you do Is there a Java library? Uh, yeah, it's a Java in? library. I have no idea how to do that. Yeah, but I was going to say. <laughs> you don't have to either. Just install the module. <laughs> cool, cool. I, I did look into it. There's a lot of interesting things. I think it was called like an inflector. Yeah, it gets... It gets deep. If you want a, you know, a morning of Wikipedia reading, you can go ahead and start <laughs> Googling for that. That's why we have people like you and the creator of the Java library, so we don't have to. <laughs> don't <laughs> yeah. reinvent the wheel. Yeah. So. And, you know, if other people have some string helper functions they find very useful that you want to pull requests, I'd love to see them. So That's it, cool. It does, it's not just for quick. It's uh, using a bunch of places. One place I like to use it is when... For instance, our, we talked about the Galaxy blog earlier. Mm -hmm. um, I've used it in some examples where somebody enters a title and I want to create a unique slug, but it means you know have certain characters, have the dashes, and I can call this slug function to just convert whatever case they had to lowercase with dashes in between. So cool. things like that. Yeah, I have a bunch of these randomly here, there, and everywhere, so it'd be good to put them together and package them up. Good thinking. Yeah. A little bit of dry code there. So that's that's string spelled str <laughs> on Forgebot. Cool, cool. Okay, so next on our list, the VS have... Code package. Yep. So you had one which I I actually heard about when you told me about it today. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, that's the one I wanted to do. I just <laughs> forgot I wanted to yeah. do it. It's so this new. Is, <laughs> this is a good one for you with your screencasting going on. It's called Cloak. It's done by John Papa. Um, if you go on Twitter with him, he has a, a thread where he was, uh, he got the idea to make this. But the idea is in environment files, you can have your secrets hidden, but the key's still there. So uh, in environment file, you're usually putting the key and the secret value you don't want in source control. Well, when you're streaming, if you show that, all of a sudden you need to change every secret key that was on that page because anybody can pause and steal it. So this 
will hide the values by default so that when you open up your .env file, it just shows the keys. You don't, you don't have to worry about people grabbing the value from you. Yep, and that's useful if you present on stage, tween, uh, stream on Twitch or YouTube, or just do re uh, screencasts of your code. And that's, yeah, really useful. And that's another good reminder, too. If you have that stuff in your code somewhere, pull them out to an environment variable. Use the .env uh, module that you created, which we've talked about before. And then you can use the environment variable files as well. And then this will work for you. So VS Code Cloak. It's pretty neat. And John Papa does a lot of cool stuff. So, yeah, I think you've had another one of his extensions. You did Peacock one week, Yeah, right? Peacock, which uh, I think he's suing uh, NBC for the Peacock streaming service that used his name. <laughs> uh, just kidding. But, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, John Papa's got a lot of cool stuff. And uh, <clears throat> pretty neat. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to get that one up and running. So, tomorrow, and I'll... Michael Bourne, if you're watching, you should probably do this as well. Although, I don't think we have too many secrets yet in our little system. Uh, we may may want to add some so pretty cool and then you did mention that it's for .env files and you have to make sure that the type of file in the bottom right hand corner is set to .env right right yeah i noticed that when i installed it my .env files were set to load the as properties like java properties file and that did nothing so there's another package um it was the top one in the vs code extensions for .env support yep. and, and then, then i just made sure all my .env files use that yeah, and the cool thing is, too, that gives you some extra color highlighting as well. So, so, and then uh, just a note here. Charlie's said that he's noticing that links that I post show up here as hyperlinks where his do not. It seems odd. And to be honest, Charlie, you might need to have them moderated. Um, a lot of times, YouTube, when you post a link to stop spam, it actually says uh, that this link needs to be moderated. But it doesn't pop up and tell us that they need to be moderated, which is a it's a bug, I think, in the YouTube stream software. Because what it should do is post and say, hey, would you like to post this? But I think I have to make you approved. So what I might just do, Charlie, and some of the other people that post a lot here, is I'll, I'll approve your accounts, uh, and then it should allow you to actually um, submit you know, links and that type of stuff. So sorry about that. Um, yeah, I don't even see them, Charlie, unfortunately. So that's pretty annoying. Um, but I will see if I can change the settings and do something where we can do that better. So my apologies there. Um, but we have noticed that that's why Brad can't post links either. Uh, he has to log in his orders to do it. So, so yeah, so, well, well, that said, um, we had a pretty busy week and with all these new announcements coming out here, we should have speakers for into the box coming soon, workshops coming soon. Uh, and then we should also um, see stuff like um, CF Summit East stuff being announced. And hopefully we'll have some dates soon for um, CF Summit West and also CF Camp. So a lot to look forward to. But before we go, we should uh, thank our Patreon sponsors. So Eric, do you want to try? Yes. yes. <laughs> Come on. Can you do it? I see if I've been listening close enough. All right. We thank you so much for being our sponsors on Patreon. To the following people, Andrew Davis, Brian White, Carl Von Stetten, Dali, Dan Card, Daniel Garcia, David Bellinger, Dieter Lesnicki, Dom Bellamy, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Jan Yannick, Jeremy Adams, John Farrar, Jordan Clark, Joseph Lamery, Laxma 
Teacher Hadi, Matthew Clemente, Richard Herbert, Sam Knowlton, Scott Steinbeck, VJ, and Yogesh Mathur. Cool, well done. Hi. Yeah. And they said you might have pronounced them better than me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. We had a couple of people actually reach out and tell us how to spell them. So that was good. <laughs> I guess everybody else, either they're not listening or we're doing a good job. So yeah, we'll start adding the phonetic spelling for their names to the show notes. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. So cool. Well, uh, thank you everybody for listening, watching. Uh, and Eric, thanks for joining us. And uh, absolutely, you have fun. Yes. Yeah. I'll come back anytime you want me. Cool. So we'll try and mix it up a little more and give everybody a bit, a bit of a break so they can do some work. But I know that in a couple of weeks time, Eric, myself and Brad are all going to be on site down in San Diego. So we might have to do a special podcast then. So I'm not sure if we might have a special time for that. We'll announce it then. Um, but yeah, we might have a three person in person could be kind of crazy. Uh, that might be too much. Brad, me, and you at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll <laughs> let you guys do it, and I'll just be the behind-the-scenes director. <laughs> we'll see. So, uh, anyways, thanks very much for joining us, and you guys have a great week. See ya. Bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.